Are we standing um, here or are we sitting? Yeah, we do whatever we want. You, want to, you can stand. kind you can of uh, this standing. Is this the first standing podcast? Well, no one would know if we're standing or not. That's true. Podcast. You guys might all be doing. I feel stand- like Bob Barker. Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> or uh, Gene Rayborn. A new car. <laughs> So here we are live from Oracle Arena. It's not live when you Oh, here the devil himself is here. So final score 122 to 103, Gold State Warriors victorious. We got a treat today, fellas. Steph Curry in full supernova mode, including the impossible, improbable. How did he not hit that shot over Kevin Love approximately 30 feet away from the basket on the left wing? How did he keep his dribble? That was the part. I was sitting up in that suite right there in the countdown suite, and I exclaimed, it's not a humble from the brag. Shot. Did you hear the humble brag? No, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Did you introduce? Not, not from the shot. I will. <laughs> not from the shot, but from his ability to keep the dribble. I'm going to lob that question to all three of so my co-hosts Off-balance 30-footer, overrated. Overrated. Keeping your handle under duress. And I don't even remember the sequence. Standing? It was so crazy. Why are we standing, he asks. <laughs> We're having a standing that's, podcast. That's the dulcet tones of Brian Winhurst, ladies and gentlemen. Because sitting sit. is the new smoking. How much do you think these seats sold for tonight that I'm sitting in right now? Ooh, Brian is sitting question. three seats from the uh, Kevin Felton, scorecard. you're the numbers guy. How much did these seats sell for? I love I love when people post any question they <laughs> yeah, want. Because you're a numbers, numbers. guy. You oh, know yeah. these it's things. Got, math, money is math. So, uh, Are they honestly going to analyze know. this game? Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the one thing we can say is... We got our Steph Curry game, like the full supernova Steph Curry, with complete with all the trick shots and the uh, again the amazing capacity to keep his uh, dribble alive. Here's what I think is actually scary. I don't even think I've seen Steph shoot way better. Right, it was actually yeah. a relatively inefficient night for him. Two of nine on twos. I mean, the big issue was the fact that he got up 16 threes. If you're the Cavaliers, right? Defense. That's the point. 17, nine right. 17. Yep. Because the whole notion was they were going to make him put the ball on the floor. They're they're not as potent offensively. You can help off of you know the bigs and, and whoever else is out there in Draymond, and instead he basically killed them from long distance. But they did that in terms of the switches and on the isolations. The problem is then when Steph gets moving off of that, and that's I think an issue that the Cavs face in this series is the Warriors went through this entire matchup with the Western Conference Finals trying to figure out how to deal with switching and not get stagnant, and the fruit of that eventually was the last two games of that series. Is uh, as our old friend Ethan Strauss wrote about, they made an adjustment to start getting him the ball with a screen by the big who's passing the ball to him simultaneously. Jordan Bell probably being right. the most effective at doing that, and that paid off in a big way tonight. Why are yeah. we analyzing this game? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, what do you want to analyze? The Warriors are maybe the greatest team of all time. They had a good offensive night. When they have a good offensive night, but, th- there's but, no yeah. hope. And so Brian, this is what I this is what I do want to talk about. If we're gonna if we're gonna do Pelton, ba- Pelton got excited about it. he well, he didn't like that. An important point here. I I can't remember who tweeted this. Their offensive rating tonight was only five points better than game one. Oh really? Were, I I see fifty seven percent shooting. That looks pretty good to me. That, I mean they turned the ball over a little bit more. They weren't is they were a little sloppier, especially in the first half, than they were in game one. So, but the difference was their defense was good tonight. This is this is what good. I want to talk about. 
right? Like, yeah, I'm not was accept, right? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. great. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't great at all. The, the, this is what I want to talk about. That the idea that what makes a night like this different is when Curry is the main factor. So we talked about them not wanting to let him get off. So they do the ball screen. We, they got the switch they want. When Curry beats his man off the dribble, this is the number one thing, the difference between him and Durant. He's all right with giving up that ball because he knows he's going to get it back. You know who gave up the ball a little bit when he attacked off the Durant. dribble tonight? Kevin Durant. freaking Durant. Durant did tonight. But it was I'm just really saying, nice. In general. Yes, absolutely. In general. That's the big difference. Yes. That's what makes the offense go because Curry will give up that ball and keep moving. And several times we saw the, the Cavs fall for the okey-doke, which is, oh, thank God he yeah. passed the ball. <laughs> My work here is done. And he beelines to that corner, and then by then it's too late. Brian, but underrated when they, thing when they tonight. Ru- when they run that action in the corner where Steph's just basically running loops and loops yeah. and loops and the guys cut off of him, it's an indefensible play. I don't, to be honest with you, if the if the Warriors ever need a basket, ever, why not go to Durant in the in the post? He's he's absolutely unstoppable in the yeah. post. He's indefensible in the post. One thing we're not talking about, and we're like six seven minutes in. Any worries about Clay Thompson were pretty much extinguished. <laughs> oh my god, he was phenomenal. I was expecting you him know, to be so. Li- I mean, by the way, limited. one of the biggest subplots coming in. There was concern. Oh, my I mean, God. You're looking at Nick Young playing significant Oh, my minutes. God. I, I I heard high ankle sprain, and I was like, he's yeah. going to drag that leg for the next week. We saw him the last couple of days. That was Jim, not, Jim Brown. It did not look like someone who was going to right. play basketball. And then today, before the game, I talked to one of the guys on the staff, and I said, how's Clay feeling? And I'm thinking, he's going to say, oh, well, he's going to try and get He's like, oh, it feels good. I'm like, what? He said, yeah. No, he, 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 and they said, credit him as one of the toughest guys on the team. Uh, I mean, he was in terms he was, of being able to play through pain. Even if he wasn't injured, he was a great game. He played awesome. Important question: Was Clay Thompson Kaiser Sosaing us at Media Day or at <laughs> the Media Day? Did, did he Kaiser Sosa everyone the last couple Jim, of days? Yeah. Jim Brown. That's why I said Jim Brown. Uh, see, I made a Bill Buckner reference the other day. Jim Brown. You guys don't get the I mean, reference. I, Jim, I, I know who Jim, Jim Brown is. I don't Brown know the reference. That had to do it's with football. I'm getting matter. older by the damn day. Did he play possum once? Uh, oh my god! It was like the signature move of his career was to limp back to the huddle. And then bust their ass, and then limp back to the huddle, and then bust their ass. Jim Brown, it's like one of the most famous plays in history. Is, is that the godfather of soul, Jim Brown? Is that your time? Is that the guy, the host from CBS? Also had good feet. Is that the guy from all those black exploitation movies? <laughs> yes, it is. And, and, uh, and LeBron, is, LeBron is guilty of Jim Brown all the time. By the way, I couldn't look at the eye. Can I just say I, I had to turn away? Yeah, that was is, disgusting. It is really disturbing. LeBron's uh, eye. By the way, I do love the Warriors fans booed that call. Here's the thing: the the narrative of LeBron never getting calls and faking injuries is taking is taking a beating these two games yeah. because he's got blood coming out of his eye. He's also, by the way, he's got scratches and scrapes all over his body. I was just in the locker room. He's. Br- and so does Steph. Like at this point, like all these guys, yeah. scratches and scrapes. But LeBron's got—he's peeling off bandages. Um, he's, you know. But anyway, he gets raked in the eye, and he has gotten a couple of like ridiculous calls that have gone against him. Did, um, was did you guys sense? I sensed several times during the game, not consistently. But were there moments in the game where LeBron just had this look? I'm not going to save the day. I'm not going to go. Super LeBron here to save the day. No, if we make shots, I'll play harder. If we're not making shots, I'm just going to go. No, I think he was hurting them from the high post. Well, look, okay. Kept... So full disclosure, I was in the tra- I was in the trailer. I-, I-, I had access to the camera shots of right. the bench. Okay, right. during the timeouts, I specifically was like, 
I want to see the bench. And what was happening in the timeouts was LeBron was telling his teammates. And then they'd come out of the timeout, and they would. They'd double, and then he'd throw it into love, or he'd you know, throw a little in thing into Jeff Green or whatever. And then, you know, the Warriors would come down, and they would hit a three, or they would get an offensive rebound and put it back up, and then they'd get back down there and everything. The Warriors changed their defense on him. The Warriors were double-teaming him because they were like, all right, you know, we're not going to let him get 50. You know, it's the old, it's the old thing. It's, oh, you, you let LeBron get off, or you let his teammates get off. And they were kind of like, you know what? His teammates aren't that good. Maybe we can trap LeBron and... Like they at won't 35 feet. It was really interesting. Right. So it, I, I don't, I don't think, I just think that like, and, and he was, he was trying to deal with it. And as the, um, as the game went on and on and they wouldn't, we weren't sticking with it and they weren't following through with it. He, the huddle stopped being so voiced. He just sort of sat there after so that. Kevin, do you think what, if they had hit even an average number of their open shots, he ends up with like 18 assists tonight? I mean, he created a phenomenal number of shots. I mean, their shot making wasn't as bad as it was in game one. They, when they shot, shot so nine of twenty-seven from three. No, I, three of six from George Hill. Uh, two of four, I believe, from Kevin Love. Nine These of twenty-seven from three. Is that yeah. what they I'm, I'm, but I'm trying to add up where those nine came from because there were a lot of misses between yeah. uh, Jeff Green, J.R. Smith, Kyle Korver. Only took one three-pointer tonight. They've totally neutralized yeah, yeah. Kyle. They, they neutralized Kyle in last year's finals. They neutralized him in this year's finals. You know what's so scary? They shoot 9 of 27. That's 33% by my math. Is that right, Pelton? Yes. That's <laughs> higher. That's that's slightly higher than they've averaged in the last eight games. So do, we think, do we think that's a lack of shooting? Do we think that's a fatigue issue? What, what do we I think mean, the Warriors is? are all over them. Right. But they're still missing wide-open shots. They're called butt-naked threes. I just want to point out that at the top of this pod, Brian asked why we're analyzing the game. <laughs> and I was about to say, Brian, how far away would the ca- are the Cavs from actually competing against the Warriors? Very far. But then I realized during the game, CJ McCollum was talking about how the Cavs aren't anywhere near the Warriors. And our own Brian Windhorst decided to chime in. <laughs> Rabble Mauser. No, he was you like, he's, he's, he's like, he's like how are they going to, how are they going to beat these dudes? I was like, they should try to trade for you. Trade the number eight pick in Kevin Love for C.J. McCollum and another piece on the Blazers. But they'll never do I, it I because... I think his take was that he was worth more than the number eight pick. I feel like that was the implication well, of his reply. Well, he would have gotten more than number eight because you can't trade for nothing. Right. So here's how this works now. Now LeBron goes to the podium, and I have to go listen to him so that I can go on SportsCenter afterwards. But what really will happen is I will go listen to him, and then I will wait for 45 minutes, and they'll decide whether they want me to use me on SportsCenter or not. So it's up to you whether you want to continue this pod while I go through my little routine or you want to pause it. We'll have no idea what will happen. The, uh, I'm just, I, I'm not an official source here, but I believe the official NBA Communications, NBA PR Twitter account said, Coach Lou, James Love, Cavs locker room. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. I have much I, better sources that say that LeBron is on this, at this very moment, walking to the podium. All right, I'm just saying. That's, I'm just I'm telling you what NBA PR said. Well, I was in the Cavs locker. I didn't see him there. Huh. Yeah, huh? Indeed. Uh, quick question. I'm prepared to wager. So you can put on a money. LeBron will no, be at the I'm podium. No, I'm not wagering. I'm just I'm just telling you. This what is the most okay. suspense we're going to have yeah. this evening. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to say one thing as far as the the the, the in arena ambiance. Two things I noticed. One, I actually noticed this game one. It kind of irritated me. From the suite. Yes, from the suite. Okay. Uh, the video board here now has prompts. 
with Steph going, Warriors! And they never used to have prompts in this building. And I think that is the death. Do you know what the scoreboard doesn't have? The diff, oh. which J.R. Smith could have used. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go listen to LeBron, and I'll be back. Wow, that was a mic drop. What a way to well go out. The other thing that didn't disappoint me, though, of this great East Bay crowd that will be extinct in a couple of years, the uh, chanting of MVP oh. every time J.R. Smith did anything. That was, I actually included it in my, in my wow. instant rapid reaction recap. Have you ever seen that, Kevin? It was, yeah, either Kevin. I love facetious. I know, yes. Cutting. Have you ever seen no, that? No, I've yeah. never. It was my, one of my favorite moments of the night. I mean, it's, there's got to be a situation that's comparable. I feel like it has happened, but I don't specifically like, remember I, it. I, sarcastic cheering. Yeah, like, the, so the MVP, in the, in the MVP is a lot. But MVP, they chanted MVP every I time he did it. I say I vaguely remember, and I don't know if it was like maybe Mitch Williams or something, that when like a reliever who had blown several games in a series came running in from the bullpen... Wait, was that? Am I totally imagining that? Uh, like you in might the nineties or eighties that there was like that there was a cheer, a standing ovation uh, from th- the ro- home crowd for the road. Closer. Seen that? I have I seen. Feel it. like I've seen. I've that. seen that, but I'm talking about the specific. The you are not, we're not only happy you're here. You are our MVP. You being on the floor gives us the ultimate chance to win. Do we know who the first MVP subject was? Was uh, it in the NBA? You want an oral history of the MVP chant? The, yeah, the MVP chant. Um, I don't remember it as a kid, and I'm 82 no. years old. <laughs> hold on. You look great on, for 82, though. Okay, so I want to say I remember Bird being t- serenaded think, MVP. It probably came from Boston. That's, I want to say that. But I remember the first time. I mean, Boston's be- great contribution to humanity yeah, is that, sports enthusiasm. That and beat L.A., right? Beat L.A., yeah. beat L.A., 100%. Yeah, that's what they do there. They, they come up with all these chants. But the, the they just discovered food about ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the first, the first time I ever saw the MVP chant being used as a marketing tool was uh, the Sixers for Iverson. For Iverson, that makes sense. I mean, I feel like that was the era. Like, I feel like I don't remember it too much as a kid, but also right. there were only like one game a week on television. And and we had a nice little era where you only chanted it for the actual MVP. Then it became, hey, our guy should be MVP, and that's when the chant comes. Right. Like Mike Conley starts hearing it, right? <laughs> and then, and then it turned into anyone who's having a good night. And now we've seen the new evolution of player on the other team who's absolutely horrible being serenaded with MVP. That kudos to this crowd. Again, one of the things I've always loved about this building is that they didn't need prompts. They didn't need any. Of, these people knew enough to do it on their own. And so when I saw that prompt, I thought to myself, San Francisco's going to be. I mean, can we just be honest here? It's not like there are a bunch of longshoremen in here. I mean, this I is know. some Silicon Valley money. Have you seen the I people know, in this I crowd? I, I think there's a difference between the lower bowl and the upper bowl, right? Yeah, most likely. But yeah. in, every, in, every, in every, every city. Oh, yeah, like that. for sure. Uh, by the way, the first Google reference that I could find, search result I could find for that, uh, indicated it was 84 playoffs. So Larry Bird. Bird. Yeah. There it is. Well done. Yeah. 1984. Julian Orwellian chant.
to talk about the interlude. Not as many celebrities showed up tonight. No. Right? Am I, am I tripping? Did, I, I noticed a, a dearth of celebrities. Did they show anyone on the well, screen? Game one did not sell out either. Did game two sell out? Game one didn't sell that? out? Game, did we know that? It was widely... Widely reported. reported by our colleague. Widely pushed across Twitter, <laughs> which is not saying, reliable like, for anything. It was it was reported by our colleague, right? Oh, was it? Yes. Okay, I don't. Jared, Jared Ravel. Okay, I believe had that was the source of that. No, but like I remember, like in Atlanta, like once the Braves made like three or four or five in a row, that those were like totally three thousand empty seats during a first round game. I mean, I, mean, I assume it's a price point yeah. issue. Yeah, and also. I'd be curious whether it's like resale tickets or actual like original sales. Right, the originals are gone. Is there any element of locally at least of fatigue? There always is. I mean, especially when you say, well, I'm just going to watch The love is watch, never as deep. The I can watch here. it on TV, and they're going to win it anyway, and I've seen them win it. Uh, the need to be here for it. I, 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 I remember I, what this I, building was like the first two years. Oh, my. The first it year was, was amazing. Bananas. But I think it's mostly an issue with the price. Like, you know, I talked to a season ticket holder last night who said that he was hoping to recoup a significant percentage of what he paid for the season by selling his tickets for this game. But if he couldn't get the price he wanted, that then he would come and attend i think that's that's kind of the attitude we're seeing like yeah i want to come but is it worth you know whatever staggering amount over face value you potentially can get maybe they do need to go to san francisco <laughs> oh no i couldn't even get it out maybe oh no they do need to go to san francisco what else what are the other storylines i mean i feel like this is compared to game one a remarkably uneventful game well so there's a real paradox to this series because, like, a common question I'm sure you all have gotten on radio hits is, are you as bored of this as, as I am? And my, and my answer is, is yes, but. Like, if are you... you? All right, so here, here's the thing. Which team from the East do you want? You want LeBron in the finals, right? right? Like, like, you want LeBron's yeah. team in the finals. Yeah. And whether you love him or hate him, that's the guy yeah. you want. Okay, so we've got that team. Who do you want from the West? I want the team that made the most aesthetically pleasing basketball, that offers the most kind of right. uh, just monumental moments. That's going to be the Golden State yeah. Warriors. So... On one hand, is it? Do you want to see so, the same matchup? No, but I don't want different participants. But, so this is my thing. This, this is again. This is. I've had a lot of entertainment-based analogies that I've run with this week, and they've been they've done me very well. You guys remember the uh, film Independence Day, the 1996 film Independence Day, yes. starring Will Smith. Ali- Best Fourth of July movie ever. There you go. Aliens invade Earth, and we have to fight back for our freedom. Right. Obviously, you said it's the best Fourth of July movie ever. You enjoyed it, Kevin. Did you Did you enjoy that film? I was like dark and moody and twenty three years old. <laughs> it was probably I was too cool to go. All right, Han. Did you? you but yes, enjoy it? I rec- I recognize it as a as a classic in the I, genre. It's just, I'm not saying it's, it's the greatest film ever. Absolutely. It just was it enjoyable for most listeners. I, I'm going to assume you guys are going to say, yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. Was there ever a point in that movie, Kevin, since you did enjoy it midway through, where you are like, oh my god, the aliens are going to win and they're going to slave everybody? <laughs> and that's the end of humanity. <laughs> You knew that the, the humans were going to win at the end of the movie, right? I mean, that would have been a really incredible movie is, if they hadn't. Is the gist of this that it's the journey and not the result? It's the journey. The, the real finals is the, the friends journey. we made along it's the way. How, how it happens. <laughs> we, if we, even as we sit here and we knew it would be Warriors-Cavs in October, we didn't know 
about the Isaiah Thomas injury being worse than it was. We didn't know that the trades wouldn't work out. We didn't know that they would do all these things. We didn't know that Ty Lue would miss time being sick. We didn't know that Kevin Love would have concussions and broken uh, hands and stuff like that. We didn't know that they'd almost lose to the Pacers and almost lose to the Celtics. And we didn't even know the Pacers and the Celtics would be that good given their rosters. We didn't know any of that stuff. We didn't know the Warriors would be down 3-2 to the Rockets. We didn't know the Warriors would be worse than the Rockets in the regular season. We didn't know that they'd lose 2-1 in the regular season to the Rockets. We didn't know that Steph would miss all those games. Dianu. We didn't know any of these things. I would posit that if games one and two were inverted, that people would be much more excited about the finals right now. Game two played out a lot the way that we thought game one would play out. And it's like, okay, well, maybe the, the Cavs will come back and like make a show of it for game two. Because this this just... Recency bias. Right? This, no, it's not recency bias because he's saying that... Well, I guess it is. No, well, no, it's, it's, it's not... <laughs> it's not recency bias, but what but it is... Also, it is recency bias, but, it, but more than that, it's them losing close in game one and getting blown on game two means... Oh, it's not meeting expectations. That, 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 was, that right. was a yeah. fluke, but if they had got blown on game one... And lost close in game two. They figured like, something out. Oh, there's right. an adjustment that's happening. Right. It, Some, it is more recent, but right. it's not quite recency bias. It's the gestalt law of good continuation that there's progression happening. But in this case, it's just game don't one forget, is a flu. We were certain the series was done in 2016. Now, that's, I, I, I mean, I don't think there was a, ever a year. I mean, I have memories of basically, I mean, basically just calling it. And they've won eight straight in Cleveland. I mean, I remember. I remember saying goodbye to people in the bowels of Oracle Arena two years ago, essentially today, and not knowing whether we would be back here for a game five. Saying this might be it for the summer because I wasn't going to Cleveland for those games. So, you know, I'm I'm careful to avoid getting too far ahead of it. No, I don't think that's going but, to happen, but it, the series but is not over. Th- this is a reality, right? We we all now speak, at least when it comes. To that man in that locker room there, number 23, in a... With disclaimers. Yes, we all speak with disclaimers now yep. that we didn't in 2016. But that doesn't mean that this is any less inevitable than, <laughs> than what it is, right? I mean, the, the worrisome thing at the same time is, like, look, I, I don't see how LeBron can play any better than he did in Game 1. And they didn't win that game. Andre Iguodala may come back at some point, and that's going to change things. Hot take. Andre Iguodala doesn't play a minute in the, in the NBA Finals. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a reasonable. I'm just saying he might. But but that can only get better for yes, the Warriors. Absolutely. Andre Iguodala yes. can't get more injured right. than he is right now. I mean, can, can I interrupt this brief foray into game analysis for this uh, courtside observation? Way back. Ooh, yeah. how, many, how many players will wait after a game to talk to a journalist as opposed to vice versa because always the reporters are waiting for a player to come off to speak to him on the side and I think speak. Jordan Bell was sitting here waiting for Mike Wilbon to come back speak out speak for yourself Han <laughs> oh wow what a Ante, Ante Zizic is coming out right now <laughs> big hugs <laughs> but it's just it's so peculiar it's just like I, you don't often see players excited to talk to a reporter, or you know, a, a reporter. I'm excited to talk to. So, what do you have for us, Brian Winhurst? It's NBA PR. Tim, Frank. who is the Cavs? No more talking about me on the jump. <laughs> you two You're are- not the boss of me. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little concerned about. We're that. podcasting right now, Tim. <laughs> I always the league is too happy with your piece, you know. No, because you know why? Because nobody. Tim, we're podcasting right now. You're 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 on a actually you're on a live podcast. It's not live. live tape. It's not live, but live just want I mean, you to know are, you're on a podcast. I mean, I don't. I know. That, I know that you don't have much experience with media, but there's four microphones here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm about done with Win 
Yeah. <laughs> We're all about done with this year. Trust me, it's very soonly over. That was Tim Frank from the NBA. He's the head of the uh, NBA media. You know, here's the thing. Um, there's only one bathroom for the media here in Oracle Arena. No, uh, no, only, no, no, no. There are many. One conveniently located There's only bathroom. one bathroom here for the media in Oracle Arena. <laughs> and I've complained for several years about why can't they get us. It could some, be Boston. Some porta pots. And, you know, there's a $24 billion TV contract. I think they can afford it. Well, uh, Brian, here's the good news. They heard your complaints and they said, we'll do you one more better than just porta potties. We'll build a whole freaking new stadium. Yes, it should be lovely in the 2020 finals. I can't wait. Um, Two more years. Are we talking about usage rates now? Brian, you, and I'm shocked that you're... No, you, we, one of the great skills of modern life is finding the unmarked bathrooms or, or the ones that are... Illogical. Kevin, George Costanza made a, several. Costanza made a this fortune. Is a Kevin, of course, I have my own private bathrooms I go to here, but I'm fighting for my brethren who don't know this building like I do. It's the principle of the matter. Where did, where, where, where did you leave off? Well, we wanted to know what you heard in the interview room. Um, well, LeBron was in no was kind of in no mood tonight. There was this great moment where this where this guy asked like a. A three-paragraph question, like was he foreign? No, but he was not a he was not a he's not a a known media member. And uh, he asked like a three-paragraph question about the Cavs having been down two zero in the past in the finals, and what can they take from it? LeBron, is there anything that you can take from all of these battles? Blah 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 blah. And LeBron goes, no. (laughs) Nice. But the best was Tristan in the locker. It's always a funny moment on the transcript because it's like bold for like half a page, and then the player response, which is not in bold, is no. No. Um, The best was so Tristan tonight in the locker room. Somebody asked him whether they felt the the Cavs felt helpless guarding Steph Curry. Which the answer to that is yes, they did feel helpless because they were switching, which is the correct defense to play probably against the Warriors. Um, And Kevin Love at times was like busting his tail, but. He's, Steph was like still hitting shots. I mean, they did feel helpless. And Tristan said the F word about four times in 25 seconds and then said this interview is over and walked away. He announced the interview is over before he walked but away? No, 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 I take it back. He said next question, but then he walked away. Yeah, he did the, the like the slightest pause, and if no one just jumped in. No, but he's the end of the interview. He's been quite salty this series. Yes, and then he well. continued to say words with... As he walked away, and F's in them as he was walking away. I, 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 I said this on, on, I said this elsewhere. I said, I don't know if he, he should not have that luxury afforded to him. The I ability mean, to walk off in a huff. They should, there should be someone who brings him back. No, 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 no. Come back, you know, LeBron. You can walk off in a huff. Tristan Thompson, you got less rebounds than Steph Curry in this series. Where's the line to- in the NBA between the last player, the, the least prominent player who's allowed to walk off? Is Jordan Clarkson allowed to walk off? No, Jordan, Cl- Jordan Clarkson is not allowed to walk off. Jordan Clarkson should be retired to stand there as long as people watch. So i got to read this tweet that, that Tom Havistro had in the middle of the third quarter, which I believe was the last of Jordan Clarkson's minutes. I think he did get an but assist. But not the last he, of Tom Havistro's he got in. <laughs> he got in in garbage time. He did not play any rotation minutes and during the third quarter. And he got an assist in garbage time, I believe. Okay, so the, so oh, the, the streak, streak is, is dead. Over. Maybe somebody told him about this tweet that you're about to read. <laughs> but, uh... At the time when Tom when Tom tweeted this, uh, it said Jordan Clarkson's last assist came at the six sixteen left mark in the fourth quarter of Game Four against Toronto. And 
in the... You, you needed the dramatic pause there. Of yes. game four. <laughs> against Toronto. Toronto. There you go. Sorry, Thirteen minutes played in that span, thirty-nine points, twenty-eight point five percent field goal percentage. That's sixteen of fifty-six. For those of you keeping track at home, not great, not great, Bob. Is it time to break glass for Rodney Hood? Oh man, that's a hilarious thing. All these Cavs fans like Rodney Hood, Rodney Hood. Do they remember how awful? Like, there's a reason there that he was are. only playing garbage time before he re- refused to enter the game in garbage time. Uh, to answer your question, I'm looking at it. He did, in fact, have. One assist tonight. There you go. Take that. Take that, Haverstro. Yeah, in your face. <laughs> Stick it in your pocket. Um, yeah, the, the issue is, um, you know, the, the, the players that the Cavs traded for, for which... Um, George Hill was really good tonight. Yes, I know, but none of them are as good as Kyrie Irving. So, I mean, I hate to keep bringing it up, and it, but none of them are Kyrie Irving. Well, and, and another level to that. None of them have the unflappable confidence of a Kyrie Irving. Because I often wonder... You don't think Rodney Hood has confidence? Not like this. Uh, Oh, that was sarcasm. Uh. something about Kyrie that sometimes it gets him in a lot of trouble. Last year in the finals it got him in trouble. That unflappable confidence of driving into four Warriors players and expecting to be able to get a shot off, uh, it hurt them. When he and Dion Waiters were talking about being the best backcourt in the NBA. Yeah, it hurt them. It hurt it. But in Game 7 in 2016, that's exactly what they needed. They needed someone who was not scared of that moment. Not and in Game 5 in 2016, his underrated performance in that series. Yes, that was a 40-point game, right? He was incredible yeah. that night. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, you know, it, they don't just miss his talent. They miss that, the balls? I don't uh, can I say that? I mean, Jordan Clarkson, actually, uh, Jordan Clarkson's confidence is pretty high. Maybe that's the, the chutzpah. Chutzpah, there you go, chutzpah. Chutzpah's a good word. Cojones. Yeah. Intestinal fortitude. Shouts to Ben McMahon. But yes. But Jordan Clarkson, you got to have the ability to go with confidence. I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's I real mean, it's, confidence. It's the Bill Simmons term. It's a rational confidence. Yes, he doesn't have a rational confidence. I don't think. Um, I think Jordan Clarkson just does that because he doesn't know what else to do. And Kyrie does it because he's like, this shot's going in. Yes. What that, would What would be more valuable to the Cavs, Jordan Clarkson, or Kyrie Irving, on crutches, on the court? Getting treated for bacteria infection with the IV bag coming down with him. Oh, here we go. I I would go with I would go with not Jordan Clarkson. Okay. My bad. You need a mic. What's up, man? I'll show you a mic. There you go. No. Is it live? Is it, is it live? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's recording. Recording. So uh, so before we talk about the game, we had a conversation about this arena, this crowd. And I have a good thing Aren't about you it and I have a bad them? thing about it. They know it's Mark Spears. They heard his voice. Oh, okay. And they're going to see it in the description. Well, I've been, I've seen games here since I was a little boy. So, so, it was a little different then. So, no, I was a little higher up, you know, but it's still uh, watching um, guys you probably don't remember. I remember them all. 
Name him. I got it. Joe barely cares. Yeah. You mean Larry Smith? You it's been a long time oh, since there's been a Patino game. Yeah. Come on, Warriors. Okay. So, so the the uh, Purvis. Stop it, <laughs> Purvis Short. There hasn't been a Patino game for the Warriors in a oh, long time. Uh, yeah, two years, two years. So, but here's my question, or not a question. I have two comments. One is a positive. One is a negative. Which Ryan one? Ryan Lorthridge. You remember him? I remember. Uh, I stumped y'all there. I got a good Ryan Lorthridge story. But go ahead. Do you want the positive or the negative first about this particular place? Either or. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Right, I'll give you. I'll give you the positive. First, I've never seen before a crowd mock a player by chanting MVP at him. That was pretty clever. That that was amazing. Now we are in East Oakland, so you got to remember. I'm that. just saying we've yeah. seen it many times in sports where people will start cheering sarcastically when a player who's been playing bad for the other team gets in a game or does yeah. something wrong. I've never seen them go specific enough with MVP. That was it. Blew my mind. The the. That defeats, and I'm guessing um, Brian was there. 2010 Finals, Boston Lakers. Were you there? No. Okay. <laughs> now, Lamar Odom was at the free throw line, mm-hmm. and he was dating somebody by the name of Khloe Kardashian at the time. Right. Because Boston fans are the coldest. Right. And they were chanting, ugly sister, every time he shot free throws. See, that was pretty cold. The, so it, that might they, that might have the MVP. But you see what the difference is. One is, hey, you're stupid. You know, like it's yeah. a, a direct insult. And the other one is it's clever. You're so bad. You are the most valuable player for our team. Every time you <laughs> step on the let, court. Me, let me put this in the context. So I was talking to our friends at Ten Cent. They told me that at the end of Game One, they had 51 million streams going in China. Wow. All right. We also peaked at the end of game one on our telecast at 21 million. Yeah. That means just between the United States and China. We're not talking about Canada, Mexico, Croatia, Qatar, Russia, Qatar, Liechtenstein. Cutter. Cutter. 72 million people. And there's probably more than that. 70 million people saw JR screw up. 70 million. If we could get just... Do reactions from around the world? That'd be amazing. That they got sixty million in the Western Conference Finals Game Seven because the Rockets, Rockets are so popular. Are sixty million. And it's in the middle of the night, or it's actually right early in the morning. Can you imagine being mocked? He was mocked around the world simultaneously. Seventy million people saw him screw up. Well, if you count the rest of the world, then it's probably eighty-five, right? Well, and it, not one it, of them believed his explanation after the game. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm saying, like, he yes, didn't believe his explanation. He got he got chanted MVP. But you think about that. That many people saw him screw up. So so, and they all knew that he screwed up. Every single one of them. To to so that to wrap a ball on the positive point, Mark, do you believe that sort of cleverness from a crowd, unprompted, un they did it on their own organically? Does that transfer over? to San Francisco in two years? No. Because that, that's the... I think half of the crowd here will make it there. You got people here with money that are like, that's a lot. That's expensive. $15,000 ticket license per seat. You don't get that back in 30 years. In 30 years, that'll be what? Was that, was that going to depreciate too? That's a hell of a deal. Yeah. That's a hell of an I, interest I talked to a guy couple days ago who has one of the elite i think the elite suite here he said the next place is three times as much so he's gonna have to partner up 
And this is like a rich venture capitalist guy Jeez. with two other people to afford the suite. Let me tell you what their biggest problem is going to be. They have the same problem in places like Toronto. This is an old school building. They've, they've jammed clubs into every available crevice in this arena. By the way, this is one of the reasons why well, I messed up. So I'm, messed, I'm not going to say that. But they, the, in the new arena, they have club seats that go, the suites are directly behind the, the seats. Right. Okay? And this is a big issue, like, in Toronto. So, like, it's a playoff game, right? It's a huge game. It's a, it's a, it's a one-point game at halftime. But everybody from the bottom ten rows who have access Stands to the up, suite huh? directly underneath them, there's little, there's little steps that go right. down. But they can get an app on their phone and order a steak and have it waiting for them. They ain't coming out. They ain't coming out. Yeah. Okay? Right. And so, like, this is what happened in Houston for Game 7. in Sacramento. In Houston, right like, yeah. they, they ran people through the club and go, get out there. This is Game 7. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. Those Sacramento, people are gonna- that last two seasons, or first two seasons in the arena, the food there is so good. I mean, the team is bad. So everybody right. basically goes there for the arena. So, I mean, from what I understand, the, 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 the suites that are right underneath the front row of stands, they have, like, their own – each suite has its own wine cave. I, yeah. I, got, I, got, a, I got a tour of this. It's, How are they going to – You're never going to leave. It's, that's what they're going to lose. There's no reason to leave those bunkers. That's what they're going to lose here. They're, they're nicer lose. than anybody's house. Right. Huh. So, so, Mark, so rolling I, w- I wouldn't into, underestimate their houses, by the way, the people who can afford yeah. these. Rolling – off of that negative into the real negative of this building. <laughs> I've been coming to Warriors games for quite a while yes. as an opponent, as a journalist. I've never seen them have prompts on the video board telling the people what to chant and when to chant it. That's a bad thing? That's an awful thing because they used to do this no, no, on their own that here. They, there is they, one now. Now they have that. They do? Where? Yeah. But, I mean, they, they have, have enough like equity Steph here. Steph going these fans Warriors. They'll have oh, Steph come God. up on the screen and do this. They'll have JaVale do the. I mean, I respect what you're saying, but these fans have equity. They're some of the best fans. I was you, here. What kind of equity are we talking about? Well, all kinds. <laughs> platinum equity. Well, I was here when they made the playoffs one time in 17 years. And I'd be coming in here, and this place would be jam-packed on a Tuesday night when, I know. when, it, when it wasn't even a big deal. I'm, and that's what I'm, I'm bemoaning right now. That's the death of that. right? This is the beginning of what's going to happen in San Francisco. I'm not being picky. Because this is what's going to happen when you cross over that bridge. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of people who need to be told to get well, excited. You know, you know who's going to be mostly going to that game? So I'm a, you know, Bay Area native. So I'm going to tell you about the demographics, or you know, right. So when you cross over to where they are, you're basically in South San Francisco. You're about to be in South San Francisco. You're also by 101. Right. Where does 101 take you to? About 30 miles. Silicon away. Valley. Palo Alto. Facebook. Google, yeah. YouTube, other direction, Yahoo. So, all those Silicon Valley people, the ones with big money, and, and they're the ones that are going to come up. They're the ones that are going to be like, although it has sold out for the most part, are going to get a lot of the seats. So we're going to have it's, it's gonna those be, dudes are here now. You can feel them, but it's going to be now, a different. But now they level. can take the Caltrain and just yeah. get that all that stop right there. Yeah, it, it'll be much easier like, for Silicon Valley. I mean, can I, Valley I was saying this earlier? I mean. It's, well, a crowd, you know what, know what, here, it's a great crowd. But it's a great crowd, but it's not like they're longshoremen no, like, listen, in no, this place. Listen. Like the working stiff down here? I'm not talking about down Some here. Some of those longshoremen I'm get paid. About upstairs. 300 upstairs level. is different. 200 level. So the upstairs We're gonna lose in that. the next place is going to be the people down here that. that made like it. everybody's yeah. getting bumped, <laughs> yeah. and these people are going to get thrown off the bus. Yeah. It's gentrification of the arena, is what it is. Well, they're going to make a lot more money. I understand that. 
Um, San Francisco has no venue right now indoors that's, that has more than 8,500 seats, believe that or not. How many is the Cal Palace have? That's Daly City, I guess. That yeah, it's like 16, yeah. 12, no, like 12,000. That's a dump. <laughs> it's Cal Palace for a reason. It's called I mean, the they're Palace. paying for it, so yeah. it's really expensive. It's probably be you a guys bu- should, When you guys come back for Game 5, right? Is there going to be a Game 5? Yeah, I think so. When you guys come back, see if Ritter, Raymond Ritter, shout out to Oh, him. there oh, he is. Speak of the devil. And I dropped oh. my crush. Just broke the floor. You. Um, hey, Ray, come here real quick. Can you got can you hook these guys up with the tour of uh Chase, Chase Center? Absolutely. Yeah, whenever you want it, let me know. We'll take you over there. Kevin Arnovitz already had a parcel tour, I think, with Rick Wilts a couple weeks ago. I stole three bottles of wine. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's hooking you guys up. <laughs> so you know how <laughs> I kid that. Virtual reality. You tour. know how um Doc Rivers put the hundred dollar bills in the ceiling. Ty Lu did it here. Did he? Are they well they, are they still up there? They never found him, right? No, they got him. They got him okay. out. In fact, I might go in there and look right now. Yeah. Although I don't think being in there, I don't think the mood. <laughs> Again, you're in East Oakland, I'm not so they're probably say, gone. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say. I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. I'm not going to say who it is, but there were. They hadn't used up their. Hiding it in this arena and leaving it. <laughs> it's amazing. A lot of people are happy coming here for a lot of reasons. You can just hide it in the bottom of the basket when Jordan Clarkson's shooting. Nobody will ever find it. There's some. There's JR some. might. <laughs> Am I getting in trouble for that one too? No, I don't think so. Why would you? What did you get in trouble for before? No, you, you kind of insinuated that they, they took offense. Someone took offense. To what? To my JR joke on the Levitard show the other day. Oh, no, they didn't take offense. They just, it was noticed. Well, the, Levitard has this segment it's called What the Hell, where he just calls up a zillion people in a row and just says, what the hell, and they've got to just explain. And so I was the first one up, and he said, what the hell? And I said, that gas. He wasn't ready for that East Bay octane. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> I hope so. Well, so when do you head back? Are you, are you oh, I'm, I'm here for a couple more days. You're staying here? I, I'm staying here. It's the end here, of the pod yeah. if we're talking about travel plans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the end the of the series boring, if we're talking about travel It's the most boring topic. It's like asking about people about the weather. Where are you staying? What is the weather like? What time is your flight? What time is your flight? Before we get off, do you guys have any Game 3 predictions? Anything? Oh, but this is my... I got Another thing people do and they don't have anything This is the Cavs win. What's your predictions? What's your prediction? Cavs win. Big. Because the, this is the game where the Warriors historically come out and they do their little bull <laughs> Warriors thing that they do. Or that, yeah, all right, but yeah, time stamp it. Uh, yeah, this, this is this is the formula every single time. So, Cavs win big. I'm gonna give it to Aaron Dyson from Undefeated. I'm gonna sneak him in here for his prediction. Rookie first finals. What do you got? Uh, <laughs> oh, <my> <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I mean, can I just hold it? Are they going to um, put him on the list too? I agree the, with the mean. Index? I think Cavs win big. I mean, yeah, Cavs are going to take one. It's the pride win, right? Like, hey guys. Maybe the Warriors just don't want to celebrate in Cleveland again. That, I, you know what? That was my conspiracy theory about game four last year. They didn't want to win in Cleveland. They want, cause they knew if they came home, this, the Vegas is a hop, skip, and a jump away. If they win in Cleveland, 
you just basically have to that you Morton, fly back it's Morton's. anyway. That's some but it's Morton's. Sorry. You're not going to wait four hours to party. They want to party immediately here. I mean, there's a Dan Gilbert Casino. <laughs> Again, Morton's. <laughs> Morton's is, is the only is the only option in Cleveland. Uh, so that's not true. But that is where they go. You know where, where else I, would they go? <laughs> that is where they go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think Cavs up double figures at halftime, but I don't think it gets away from the Warriors. I think this is the close game we saw last year in oh. Game Three. And whether it, where it goes determines what happens you, the rest the, of the year. When the Cavs are up big and then the lead starts to dissipate, will we hear the intervening <laughs> guys say, <laughs> there's absolutely no reason to panic. There's absolutely no reason to panic. Those are exact words, ladies and gentlemen, from the 2015 finals when the Warriors had their massive comeback in, was game four, was it? No, that was, uh, uh, that game six. was six. That was six. Yeah, that was the elimination game. game. Yeah. Uh, I must say... Focus returns as an issue for this team. Cavs beat them. There you go. And they kick themselves and say they should have won again. So I like the Cavs. Kevin, you doing a prediction? I got the Cavs too. Game three. Adios. Hey, man, it's good to be back on a <laughs> podcast with you again, man. Once, once a year now, I think. I think that's the deal now. It's uh, only in February. With Haynes. <laughs> oh, that's <an> added bonus. <laughs> the next time we have this podcast with you, Spears will be at the Chase Center. <laughs> if the Cavs win, I hope it's Game Three, just because I don't want to have to cancel my hotel and then rebook oh, if they hotels. screw up and make a these Game Three. Ho- We're back to travel talk. I guess it is the end of the pod. Fifty-seven percent shooting the Warriors had tonight. Fifty-seven. Is that good? Uh, again, it's the numbers guy. Yeah. That's good. Is that good? Yeah. Someday, and again, it may not be till October, the Cavs will make their threes again. Someday that will happen. And when that happens, they will win. But it may not happen the next two games. Thank you to Kevin Arnovitz. Thank you to Kevin Pelton. Thank you, Brian Winhurst. Thank you, Mark Spears. Thank you, Aaron Dotson. Thank you, Ty and Ross, who, who didn't say anything but had a lot of facial expressions. Side of series. Warriors by oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. And thank you, uh, Andrew Hahn, for timestamping when I said the word bull. <laughs> <laughs>